When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emmanuel. I hope you're all doing good. I'm in a little bit of a different podcast setup today. I've actually come down to the room where my dogs like to occupy during the day, the room that they just sleep in the entire day. Sometimes it actually baffles me how much dogs sleep. I wish I could live a life like that. Um, but yeah they love this little room because it's a it's a bit of a sun trap it's got like floor to ceiling windows they just love snoozing in the sun and I thought you know what it's a lovely day outside the sun is shining I'm gonna come sit in this room look at the gorgeous sky and sit with my doggies because they actually make me feel so at peace you know when they're sleeping and you just see their little tummies move and you see them twitch every now and then, or sometimes one of them will have a dream, and they start making those whimpering noises. That is the cutest shit ever. I actually brought the little one, Odie, today to get his haircut this morning. And look, he gets butchered every time, but we ask for the same thing every single time. Because if you were to get a cocker cut in the way they're meant to be cut, like the kind of show dog way, yeah, don't get me wrong, it looks gorgeous. Is it practical? for living in Ireland through the winter no when you have that like thick when you when dogs have that thick like curly fur that can get really easily matted and get so full of muck when you go out and walks and wet walks at this time of year the best thing to do is to just keep it like short all over one back and sides so that's what we do to the poor fella and he comes out screaming every time not one bit dramatic you know what, it actually is a bit of a short back and size because I do leave a wee tuft on top. God bless him. No big life update for you guys, but I will tell you about my weekend because I had such a lovely weekend. I did break the sobriety, but I do think it was probably worth it. Mm, yeah, yeah, mm, yeah, it was worth it. <laughs> Although my skin, it's really not worth it in terms of my skin. Like, if there's one thing that having a couple weeks off drinking tells me it's that my skin fucking hates alcohol it's such a toss-up between it being worth it drinking for that and then having the other like having to deal with the repercussions of that then throughout the week because there's nothing to get you down and to start the self-hatred like a bad breakout (laughs) for me anyway but yeah still on my journey to trying to stop squeezing I recently bought little pimple patches I got on Amazon the little COSRX ones I've actually got two of them on my face at the minute I just figured because I find the days I'm most prone to doing sorry if you find this topic boring but it's like such a big thing in my life because I'm really trying to get over it (laughs) but I find the days I'm like most prone to doing it would be like, you know, days I'm sitting in the house and not putting any makeup on. Like, for example, today I'm sitting in the house, I'm in my trackies, I'm recording a podcast, no makeup on. Then I'd be like way more likely to touch my face and to like end up after I would go to the toilet or something, end up being in the bathroom for half an hour, 45 minutes after. Whereas if I've got the pimple patches on, I can't touch them and I'm not picking at them like subconsciously. 
I don't know. I'm hoping this is like going to be another little trick that'll work. And also I've seen people use these with makeup, like they'll put them on before they put their makeup on and you literally can't see them, which would be incredible because imagine then taking your makeup off and it literally being gone. Need. But yeah, enough about that. Let me tell you about my weekend. I actually had such a nice little date night on Friday. We went out for dinner to home restaurant, which I actually used to work at from the ages of 16 to 18. I loved home when I worked there. They had, they were like one of the very first restaurants in Belfast to have a good vegan menu. And when I say good, I mean like this was at a time when, like back when I was 16, 17 working there, this was the same time when restaurants had one vegetarian option on their menu and you were lucky if they could make that vegan and nine times out of ten it was a tomato pasta or it was a mushroom risotto (laughs) that was it but home was like one of the very few places that had a full dedicated vegan menu you know with five options for starters five for mains and maybe two desserts and I just thought it was the fucking best place ever because of that they also have a really good if you're gluten-free they've got a really decent gluten-free menu which I feel like not many places here have either so anyway I loved it while I worked there and I would have gone like the odd time with family and stuff and I would have got my staff discount and all that but for some reason I just hadn't been in so long I think because I did go to it so often and because I worked there I was a bit like I don't know and then obviously vegan options started getting better in Belfast so now there's way more places to go but we thought we'd go back and try there and it was so nice the food was incredible the vibes were good it's been done up a bit since I was last there so it just like looks a lot better and yeah I really enjoyed it where do we go oh after that we went straight to a candlelit concert which was so beautiful I've seen these advertised all across Instagram constantly they keep coming up and I've literally thought time and time again oh my god I need to go to one I need to go to one And then the PR company actually ended up reaching out and giving me free tickets, which was so nice of them. This isn't an ad, I don't need to talk about it at all, but I just thought I'd share with you because it was such a lovely experience. But basically they have them in like different venues in Belfast. So I know they've got ones on at Belfast Castle. The one we went to was in the Titanic Museum in like the gorge room that's kind of designed like the stairs down to the big function room in the Titanic ship. They've also got ones in the Ulster Museum. I think they've got ones in St Anne's Cathedral, which I think would be so beautiful. And to be honest, when I was booking, I really wanted to try and get one that was in the cathedral because I just thought with like the high ceilings and the stained glass window and everything, that would be so gorge. But yeah, we went to the one in Titanic Museum. It was beautiful. It was an Adele tribute. So each one has like different themes. You can go to ones that are very like classical musical, like Vivaldi themed or like the four seasons themed or you can do more like poppy ones this was well sorry I say it's more poppy I mean it's a pop artist tribute but it's still classical music like classical renditions of their songs so yeah we went to an Adele one but there's also like Coldplay, Taylor Swift there's a Disney movie one or like a movie soundtrack one which I thought would have been good I can't even remember now all the different ones but I feel like there's something for everyone in there. I actually was thinking it'd be a really good Christmas present or something for someone. Like I always think experiences are really nice gifts for people, especially like grandparents and things like that who who could be quite hard to buy for and kind of, you know, don't necessarily want or need anything. So I think like to share experiences with them for Christmas gifts is a really good idea. But yeah, we had a lovely night. It only lasts about an hour. We just went out for drinks after that in town. It was one of those nights though that was like, so rainy like pissing down beyond belief to the point that I was like if I was sat back home this whole weekend like if I didn't leave my house this whole weekend I probably would have been really content with the amount of I'd be thinking all those idiots out there in town but I was one of those idiots 
I felt violently ill though the next day. There was too... This is the thing about date nights. There's too much drinking of alcohol. At least when you go out, like say when you pray with your friends and then you go out out. Or let's say you just go to a bar and then you go out out. You tend to stick to like, okay, yeah, you might have one cocktail or one beer to start off and then move on to like your drink that's going to be your drink for the rest of the night. But that is kind of about it. Whereas when you're on date night, it's like, oh, a little glass of Prosecco with dinner, then maybe a wine, then a beer at the concert, then a cocktail, then another three cocktails, then a <laughs> then a tequila soda, then a vodka soda. And it's like, oh my God, relax. Like, why do you have to keep chopping and changing between these things? And then do you really feel it the next day? Oh my God, I actually didn't move until about 6 p.m. Well, that's a lie, I moved. But I moved to eat. <laughs> so I don't know how much that counts like we got we have, you know when you wake up so early after you're drinking and you're raging because you're literally you feel like you could still sleep for a week but you just can't get back to sleep like you're so awake so we got up early and my boyfriend made like fresh bagels what an angel and we had fresh bagels for breakfast like he had them baked and all he had the dough sat out from the night before sorry shook anyway he made the fresh bagels, we had that for breakfast, went back to bed, got up again, had more fresh bagels for lunch, went back to bed. <laughs> and then I got up to go out for dinner and that was my weekend. Oh my god, that was a Halloween weekend, wasn't it? I didn't even do anything even remotely Halloween related. To me, Halloween is, if you want to put in the effort, right, and go all out, yeah, it's so fun to do that. And uh, it it's almost like a bit of a creative project, you know, to focus on this character this costume that you're gonna embody for the night and really commit to like get everything you need to get all the pieces style it correctly get the makeup like get the wig get everything and that's a really fun thing to do however it's only something I want to do if I feel like I've got something that's worth doing it for and I never really seem to have like decent Halloween plans I don't know it's just not something I'm that into or that I ever have like something to really go to like I'm not doing that to just stand out in the streets of Belfast (laughs) and not get into a club because it's too busy or like to go into a bar where everyone else is dressed normally do you know what I mean (laughs) like that's just absolutely not happening it'd be different if I lived in London and was invited to a really cool Halloween party or I don't know, maybe it's a way bigger thing in America, isn't it? So maybe if you live there, it's kind of everyone makes a big deal about it. So everyone's kind of in on it. But I'd just be a bit scundered, like rocking up to Cathedral Quarter in my full, like, no, I just couldn't do that. While other people are just wearing normal clothes. In that moment, I'd be like, fuck, I wish I was just dressed how I normally dress. So yeah, no Halloween plans for me this year. However, I did actually go to a firework display on Halloween night, on Tuesday night, which was lovely. The roads were chaos on the way to it though. I think everyone kind of had the same idea. So the second it hit, I think it was seven o'clock that they started and we could see them going off. We just pulled into the next, there was actually a McDonald's. So we just pulled in and there was a car park there and we just kind of walked up the street and watched it from there and it was so cute. It only lasted about 15 minutes, but it was really beautiful. And you don't get to see like big, big firework displays very often, do you? Oh my God, I remember the one I saw in... Was it Melbourne they did? No, Sydney, New Year's Eve, and then Melbourne... Wait, no, I'm getting confused now. Maybe it was Melbourne, New Year's Eve. Can't remember. Anyway, 
there was one big massive one in Melbourne that I saw that literally went on for no joke about 45 minutes I don't know how much money they must have spent on that you could see it from like like we watched it from a park that was far away from the city centre and you could still see it all happening like it was massive that was amazing so you know it wasn't quite scale of that but (laughs) was still a nice little Tuesday night event to go to Oh, I'll give you a little bit of a reading update. I finished Foster by Claire Keegan. It was such a lovely read. I really like her style of writing. It's very Irishy. It feels as if, it feels nostalgic, but not in a way, how do I describe this? Like for me to say it feels nostalgic doesn't make any sense because I haven't lived in those times in Ireland. But I feel like I have by reading her books. Do you know what I mean? I feel like I'm experiencing like what it was maybe like for my mum growing up or maybe a bit before her. I don't know. Anyway, I just really like her style of writing. I think it's lovely. And Foster was only 88 pages. So again, a nice little short read if you're kind of in a bit of a slump and want to get through something and keep you motivated, you know. It's about a girl from a family in Ireland who are maybe a little bit less well off and have like lots of kids and the mum's about to give birth to another baby and they basically send her off to another family to look after her for the summer because I think they're just they're struggling money-wise and also just with the amount of kids being home at summer from school and stuff uh, and the fact that she's giving birth so they give her to this other family who were more than happy to look after another kid were a bit more financially stable And it's just kind of about the difference between the two families and the warmth and the comfort and the love that she finds in this new home and then like different things that she finds out. I don't know. It's a very short read. Like it's not very conclusive or anything. I feel like that was the same as her previous book that I read, Small Things Like These. Like they, when books are that short, they are quite inconclusive, I think. But there's something nice about it, about not getting too like hung up on a big long storyline. Anyway, last night I actually started Notes on Heartbreak, which I have been meaning to read for so long. Like, when did I buy that book? Probably back in July or something. So it's been sitting on my shelf for a good while now. I am hooked, let me tell you. It is so good so far. Started last night, I'm already into like page 65 or something. I genuinely think I'll have it finished by the end of the week. I'm not gonna lie, I feel like I should have read this book six months ago or like when I bought it probably whenever that was basically it's about a girl going through heartbreak and it's kind of like a little bit of a memoir but she she's telling she jumps back and forth in the timeline so you go from experiencing the heartbreak with her to then her jumping back in time and kind of telling the stories from the start of the relationship to then jumping to now and like getting over things so you're kind of getting this like double sided story and it's very what's the word it's very raw it's very intimate it's very heartbreaking and it's just like she really puts into words all those things that you feel but can't necessarily express when you're going through heartbreak and I think she does it so beautifully I'll keep you updated obviously on this because I haven't finished it yet hopefully by the next time I speak to you I will have From what I've read so far though, I don't think you need to be going through a breakup to read this. Like I think anyone that has at any point in their life gone through heartbreak will just relate to it no matter what. Like if it was five years ago or if it was six months ago, I don't think it really matters. 
But I will say, I do think this would have been really beneficial for me to have read. Again, I'll get back to you on this, but I just judging from what I've read so far, I think it maybe would have been quite beneficial for me to have maybe read this like five months ago or something. I don't think it'd be good to read when you're fresh, fresh out of a breakup within the first month kind of stage. But I think anytime after that where you're able to reflect a bit better and see things from a different perspective, like, you know, when you're not in the real like clouded head, literally don't feel like you're human, feel like you're a walking robot stage. I don't think it'd be good to read it then. But I think once you're past that stage, I think it'd be a great read for that kind of stage. I think it brings back a lot, but I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing because I think sometimes you have to bring back things in order to like move through them better, if that makes sense. Like you can't just shove things away and push them down and just forget about them. You kind of have to work through that shit, you know? That's actually a whole other topic I want to do an episode on. So I'll leave it there with regards to that. Oh my god, guys, my recommendation for this week I have been obsessing over recently is making my own, like, Joe and the Juice style flatbread sandwiches. Hopefully, by the time you're listening to this, my recipe will be live on TikTok for... I did, like, my version of a tunicado, which if you've had a Joe and the Juice tunicado, you'll obviously know it's, like, they call it their tuna mousse, which is basically just tuna mayo. It's got pesto, tomatoes, avocado. I think that's it, is it? Anyway, I make it with chickpeas because um, I don't eat tuna, but obviously if you eat tuna, you can just make it with tuna. But please go follow my recipe for it. Like, it's so good. Do you want to just charge you a tenner? And for what? To have some fucking tuna and mayo in a flatbread sandwich? Like, I'll make it myself, but better, thanks. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah that's what I've been obsessing over this week I've been having it for lunch literally every day although the one see the bread I get to make it it's so big like if you had a full sandwich like that it would literally I think it would fill me up to the point that I wouldn't eat dinner which would be very unlike me so I've actually just been having it more as like a toast like a loaded toast instead of the double sandwich and it means I get two days or two lunches out of the flatbread thing that I buy instead of it just being one although the time I made it for the recipe I did the full sandwich and I devoured it it was absolutely stunning next I'm gonna make their spicy tuna one because it's got like frank's hot sauce and jalapenos and stuff in it that sounds really good so yeah that's next on my list okay my words of the week is actually gonna be a little bit I underlined from notes on heartbreak I love my little underlines and books like these I think it's so nice to flip through and read them but yeah anyway I underlined this bit and for a moment I think about how lucky I am to have people who love me so much they will let me hate them just in case it helps I don't know reading that made me feel so grateful for my family and friends because like you always take out your moods or like when something happens to you and you're in a bad place you take out on those that are closest to you and like how lucky that you have people in your life that are willing to let you take it out on them And then just because it might make you feel better and they'll still love you. And I don't mean to say that in a way where like it's acceptable for you to take absolutely every little thing out on your parents or to always be in a huff or to treat people like shit just because you're in a bad place. Like not at all. It's not a way to justify that. But like how nice that you have people in your life that love you so much that 
you know, that can see that maybe if you're doing that in, let's say, in the case of this book, in the time of a breakup, that <laughs> that you're doing it and they're letting you because it might make you feel even the slightest bit better. Sorry, now that I actually say that out loud though, I feel like I don't want that to come across as an excuse for people to think they can just treat people like shit when they're in a bad mood because I have a friend who is kind of going through that with someone at the minute like with one of their friends basically so my friend is just getting constant abuse and constant like just being treated like shit always being huffed on always being screamed at like just treated not nice not in the way a friend treats a friend by this other person and this other person always loves to blame it on just like other things going on in her life and like you know maybe the fact that her and her boyfriend had an argument or the fact that um she was in a bad mood from work or something like that and I just think you're a fucking adult like grow up you can't treat your friends like that so <laughs> there's kind of two sides to this okay let's get into this week's podcast topic I thought this week I'd speak a little bit about the kind of constant pressure you feel in your 20s to move to London from everyone. (laughs) I honestly feel like from the second you leave education, whether that be school or university, there is just this like underlying constant pressure from everyone around you, you know, from your peers, from your friends, from your teachers, from your lecturers from jobs from just like it's kind of just like from every aspect in your life there's this like weird pressure to move to London and maybe that's only if you live in the UK and Ireland I don't really know what it's like if you live elsewhere I guess maybe if you live elsewhere the pressure is to move to like the biggest kind of capital city near you like the the city with like the most going on near you I think this kind of fantasy of moving to the big city definitely starts from a young age. You know, you see older cousins going off and do it. You hear like maybe about how your parents did it when they were younger and had the time of their lives. And then gradually you become closer and closer to the kind of age bracket that is actually moving, making the move. And before you know it, everyone and their fucking mom lives there. (laughs) well not their mums maybe but yeah I don't know like I remember literally my first year of uni and the lecturers just being like yeah if you want any proper job in this industry like obviously studying fashion marketing like if you guys actually want to go into this industry you need to go to London it's just like I'm not even gonna lie to you that's just it you have to go to London or like if you want to do a decent placement you have to go to London so straight away you're thinking fuck Am I, I'm going to have to do this whether I want to or not. You know, if this is a career I see myself in, which it evidently is if this is what I've come back at the age of 21 to study, then I don't really have another option if London's where all the opportunities are. So it was kind of ingrained from, well, the seed was planted from like literally first week of uni And it then becomes like what everyone else talks about. And then you get to like placement year. I didn't do a placement, but you know, everyone's looking for the good placements in London, which I don't want to speak too generally because I know they obviously vary and maybe like more financy and economics and those kind of placements would be a bit more funded. But like I know for fashion placements in London, not gonna lie, you need to be rich. 
you need to have mummy and daddy's money at hand to be doing a placement in London because you're not going to be getting paid. Or, and if you are, it's pennies. Like, it's not enough to cover London rent. It's not enough to cover London expenses. So the people getting those are the people that can afford to... That can afford to get them, basically, and to live off someone else's money for a year in London. I do know that is a little bit of a generalisation and there obviously are ones that do pay. But I would say, in general, in creative industries, it does rely a lot at the beginning of your career on working for free ultimately or working for very little money like basically volunteering until you build up a portfolio and can then sell yourself I'm not gonna lie I didn't think twice about a placement I I maybe considered it for a maximum time of 30 seconds and then thought no that's just not happening just because I think well I think because I started like I went back to uni as a as a mature student um you actually are a mature student when you're 21 and over so yeah because I was going back like a few years later I was older than everyone the last thing I wanted was to add another year on to that especially another year in the middle of COVID you know but that aside like let's say I was a little bit younger let's maybe not even the age thing but let's just say I was more keen on doing a placement I think I just would have thought what kind of life is that to live like grinding in London hustling day by day not making enough money not getting to experience London for what it is like literally just being there as a little slave to whoever you're working for I don't know that I could mentally hack that however I see why people can you know people who are really determined they've got a goal in mind there they really want to achieve this particular goal they want to get to this point in their career and they know in order to do that that this is a necessary step and I respect the hustle don't get me wrong like I respect anyone that can like put in any type of graft and know that like this is gonna pay off for this in the long run I just think people do that in different ways and I don't know that I could mentally hack doing it that way in London do you know what I mean but then there's obviously so many people that can and do as we can quite clearly see it's weird because I feel like when you're from a city, okay, sorry, this this whole episode is just like me having a complete uh, verbal diarrhea, just telling you everything going on in my brain about this topic. But basically, I think if you're from a city in the UK, like if you're already from a city, let's say Belfast, Manchester, Liverpool, the pressure is to move to London. If you're from outside of a city, the pressure is to move to the city. It's like the pressure is to always move to the bigger place. So because I'm from Belfast itself, the pressure is to move to London. Whereas I think if you were from like the country in Northern Ireland, the pressure would more be to move to Belfast. But then I think there's also still the pressure to move to London, but maybe not to the same degree. I don't know. I can't speak for other people. So maybe just completely negate that. But I do have friends that are from like outside of the city and they're in their head is more to like move to the city, like move to Belfast like I've never once heard any of them speak about moving to London whereas I think if you're from the city the the next step is to like move to the bigger city where there's more opportunities again because you're obviously so used to being in the city like this like Belfast doesn't feel like a big city do you know what I mean it doesn't 
when you've lived here your whole life, Belfast feels, well, Belfast is very small, but for someone that's from here, obviously it seems so small in comparison to like when you go and visit London for the weekend, for example. Whereas maybe to someone from like a tiny little town, Belfast feels big. So that is like a big enough jump in itself. Anyway, I think regardless of where you come from, I think there is that pressure to move and to to seek more and to go after these opportunities that you don't get from home. And it kind of feels like the only option is to either move to the big city or move home. There's none of this in between. You know, like why has it never been a topic of conversation for me to move to the likes of, I don't know, Liverpool or York or somewhere nice? <laughs> like Cornwall, I don't know. Like we don't really consider these other places. It's very much like, no, I'm staying at home or I'm going to the big city because that's where everyone tells me I need to be. And there's no in between there. Like if I'm going to make the move, I'm going to make the move to there. But in reality, like you could be happy in other places as well. So I don't know why we get so fixated on this like one place. I remember when I went to York for the day, actually, when I was living in Leeds and me and my friend did a little day trip to York. And I was like, this place is fucking stunning. I would love to live here. But like, that's just a good example of somewhere you would never even consider moving because it's probably smaller than Belfast. So that doesn't even come into my radar. Anyway, I'm now at a point in my life and I feel like a lot of people get to this point at around a similar kind of age to me where more of your friends actually live, well, for me in London, but for other people, just the big city, we'll call it, than live at home now. Like I've got more friends in London than I do in Belfast. Well, I don't know. Actually, I've never fully counted that out. It probably is maybe a bit more equal than I think, but it kind of just feels like everyone's there. And that in itself makes you feel like you should be there to an extent however I do think although I love to romanticize my life and I love to be all you know what's the word the word's not coming to me anyway you know what I mean I love to romanticize my life at the same time I do think I am a realist and I can very much see that yes although more than half of my friends live there does that mean like let's look at how much time I spend with friends now and how much I'm able to see them now in Belfast with what I'm doing and how many weekends we're able to get plans together in a month do I really think that would change if I was to be in another city and in another city where it's actually even more difficult to meet people because people live so far away don't have cars have more going on or more exhausted from work and traveling do you know what I mean like why do I think or why would you think sorry that that would actually make a difference just the fact that more people are there with how often you would see them like why not make an effort with the people that are here more if that's an issue with you because I think a lot of people get caught up in that mindset of oh my god everyone's there everyone's there like my life will be so good if I'm there but like you could make that effort with the people that are home right now but you cho- you're choosing not to. So why would that change just because you moved to London? And I get it. Like your environment does affect your mood and your um your drive to do certain things. I completely understand that. And for some people, moving is that push that they need to 
maybe spread their wings a bit more and to go out and make more effort with their friends and go to these new places and things. So I, I completely get it. But I also think you shouldn't get too caught up in that idea of like, oh, everyone's there. Because it's like, yeah, but what about the people that aren't there? What are you doing with them? Because I love all my friends that are there and aren't there equally. For example, I have this one friend and they, sorry, I really don't want to give anything away on who this is. They really love to be in the mindset that the world is out to get them. And as a result, they kind of are their own worst enemy. Like when they are in Belfast for a longer period of time, all they talk about is how shit it is here and how no one does anything here and everyone's such shit crack and there's nowhere to go. Like they're just like the biggest diner ever. And I love this person, but like this is their fatal flaw. And I've tried to give this person a bit of perspective and be like, you know, actually when you make an effort, it's really not that bad. In fact, I love my life here and I see people here all the time. And, you know, I I love my little routines and I, and the bars here are really good. The food scene's incredible. Like, I think actually compared to when I was at school here, I think it's a completely changed city and there is a lot going on. So I try and like give this person a little bit of perspective, not only because I don't want to hear the negativity, but also because I think they would benefit from being a little bit less, like obviously everyone would benefit from being a bit more positive about where they are and like, you know, just being a bit more positive about life in general. I think like what bad can come from that? So I try and, you know, give this person a little bit of perspective and throw in these points but it's always met with kind of like not passive aggressiveness but like sarcasm in a way and like a way that's kind of like mocking me and look I don't mean that in a way where they're like being mean to me or anything it's just who they are as a person but I just think they will never be fully happy no matter where they pick if they're always gonna choose to like focus on the negative side like that or that's a lie actually, maybe they can, maybe they're only focusing on the negative like that when they're here and when they're elsewhere, they're able to see the positive. So maybe it is just like a home thing for them and they just need to get out and that's fine. But it does make me sad to think like, you know, I look at them and I think you could be having such a nice time here, but you're kind of like just choosing to make this time shit for yourself. Even when you know like you're not gonna be here for that long. Like you know you're gonna be doing your year and wherever you know you're gonna go back to this country and that country and do your traveling again you're literally here for a short amount of time why not make the best of it but anyway I actually don't really know how we got onto this oh I think what I was getting at was that people in general often fantasize about moving and talk about like how amazing their life will be when they move here and you know how great things will be there and at the same time talk about how shit home is how there's nothing to do no one here and all that but When you tell yourself that repeatedly, you'll make it your reality. So you don't make an effort to enjoy your life there. Do you know what I mean? So like what makes you think you would make the effort elsewhere? But then I also think, you, yeah, some people do just make the effort elsewhere. But why can't you just make that effort at home too and appreciate being in both places ultimately? The thing is, right, London is a fucking incredible city. There is so much going on it's massive like there's something for everyone no matter what you're into 
what your preferences are you know what kind of wholesome things you like to do also what kind of wild things you like to do your clubbing scene your bar scene your food the food you like the little niche things that you enjoy like that'll be there for you in London and also for pretty much like every career under the sun like London is just a huge hub for everything and that's like why it's so amazing because you're never short of people to meet things to do opportunities to grab I guess so in that sense it is incredible but I think you know you can look at it with very rose tinted glasses and see all these amazing things about it and maybe when you go for the weekend you think wow this is literally the place of my dreams because you very much experience something with rose tinted glasses when you do go on like holiday there let's say for a city break or for a weekend or you know an extended weekend you're going and you're experiencing the best of the best you're going to the shows and you're going to the restaurant that you've always wanted to eat at and you're going out for bougie drinks and you just think this is the best place on earth but the reality of living there is actually very different to when you visit like that and I've been able to see that from staying there for you know longer periods of time I'm lucky enough where when I do go to London I have somewhere to stay like my sister lives there so I can usually stay with her and a lot of the time I do go I'll stay for like a week sometimes a little bit longer actually I I do want to spend like two months in London next summer I was thinking or maybe a month I don't know I haven't really decided but I just think like London summer is really fun and way better weather than here so why not just take the chance to do like a month there or something but anyway the reality of living in a place that is that busy and has that much going on on a day-to-day basis is very different to how you experience it when you go for a weekend and some people still love the reality of London But that's not to say it doesn't come with its hardships. And I think especially as someone who's not used to that really fast-paced, busy chaoticness that London has, it can be extremely overwhelming and draining. And you find yourself coming home at the end of the day thinking, I feel like I've just run a fucking marathon and need to sleep for a week. Like, see when I come home from being in London for a week I honestly sleep for 12 hours every night for like a whole week after it recovering from it and that's when I haven't even been going out or drinking like that's when I've solely been in London to just like get work done and like have meetings and look after the cat and then come home at the end of the day and I'm still knackered like make it make sense (laughs) but I guess if you're from London itself or if you're from another big city that is you know similar vibes similar amount of chaos going on shall we say then you would be a lot more accustomed to this and it maybe wouldn't be so draining for you but for me I'm like I don't know how people keep that up because I would genuinely be a zombie and I wouldn't have the energy to be meeting up with people at the weekend that's for sure because I just about have the energy in me to do that when I'm in Belfast and life is a lot slower paced and not quite so taxing (laughs) and that's here so do you know what I mean even though I can see like all my friends are there and stuff I'm like I wouldn't even have the energy to go and see them when I'd have the time because I'd just be recovering in the fetal position I think as well I'm really 
able to recognize okay so you obviously spend so many years of your life in proper budgeting mode you know like when you're in school you're obviously barely making like I mean I did have a job when I was 16 17 18 so I had a little bit of a disposable income but you're obviously not like you know you're not really you don't have the disposable income like you do when you're older when you're in school it's a bit of pocket money to fund your your friends birthdays and your nights out and stuff like that then you're a student and you're in full budgeting student mode there to make your student loan work for you and then maybe after a few years of working you start to have a bit more of a disposable income and you start to be able to do more things that you enjoy doing and you like spending your money on and it's a very like new and exciting thing when that starts to happen because you're like oh my god all this time you know I've literally spent all these years like full budget mode fully being like I can't spend more than 15 quid in the supermarket for this week I can only do yoga from YouTube videos because I can't afford to go to a class do you know what I mean like all these little things that you spent so many years budgeting for you can now the odd time be like oh I'm gonna go to this yoga class that costs 10 pounds or I'm gonna buy this brand of vegan chicken at the supermarket even though it's not on offer because I have a little bit more disposable income like it's a very new and exciting thing starting to be able to do that and maybe to start to be able to go out for dinner with your friends instead of just having pre-drinks at someone's house and downing a load of vodka so you don't have to buy drinks when you're at the club (laughs) and now you can actually go out and have like nice meals together and all of those little things although they sound so small they all accumulate and they really add to your quality of life and like how you're experiencing your life and I think I can very much recognize that the way I can currently live in Belfast and the quality of life that I'm able to afford here would be completely flipped on its head and taken away if I was to move to London because now not only is half my income being spent on rent also let's like quadruple all of my other expenses so for example groceries gym membership money spent on drinks just like anything like that is quadrupled just it's like a London tax basically you think you're getting a 25 pound a month gym membership in London think again literally 60 minimum (laughs) so not only are you spending half your income on rent but you've also got all of that to account for and I don't think that after so many years of budgeting like that and getting to a point where I know I can enjoy life a little bit more I don't know that I'd be ready to give that up just to be living in a different city I think for me I'd almost be more inclined to want to move to a city that was a little bit more reasonably priced in terms of like everything let's say Barcelona or Lisbon where you know the cost of living yes is still expensive and probably more expensive than Belfast but not on the same scale as London where I know I could still you know have a nice quality of life still be able to afford to do the things I want to do and to be able to go to the places I want to go to in order to then like make friends and be do you know what I mean to let's say to go to that class to maybe meet some like-minded people that also go to that class or to go to that 
co-working space and be able to like pay for two coffees that day so that I can meet other people that are self-employed and kind of like doing the same thing in the co-working space. And look, this is obviously a personal thing, right? It's different to everyone. For some people, they're more than happy to give up what they're experiencing, where they're experiencing right now, if that means being in London and having the opportunities that you get there and being with the the friends that they have there and make, meeting the new people that they'll meet there. And, you know, you've got to weigh up the pros and cons. And I think for me, when I think about London, the cons seem to always outweigh it. But I know that's not the case for absolutely everyone. And I don't want anyone to listen to this and be reconsidering their whole life in London. <laughs> That's not really the aim of this podcast. It's just like, I do just find it so like, so mad how much pressure is put on us all to move there when it's not necessarily the best thing for us all and ultimately not what we all want. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's not what I want. And I've come to realize that. But I think I thought for so long that it was what I want just because other people told me it's what I should want. Anyway, I obviously see both sides. I just don't know that it would work for me. But I also talk a lot of shit and have been known to go back on a lot of the things I've said on this podcast, haven't I? So, you know, if you see me moving to London in a few months time, mind your business. (laughs) No, I'm joking. But like, that's the beauty of life really, isn't it? That you can change your mind and you can be fluid in these things. And, you know, who knows, in a few months time, I might decide that the pros outweigh the cons and that I do want to move there. And all of a sudden I will be moving there. I really doubt that's going to happen because... I've gone back and forth on this honestly for the last two years of my life and I really have come to a place now where I feel very content with not being there to the point that every time I go there I'm like I'm so glad I'm just visiting and I don't live here. (laughs) Um, But I think if I was to move somewhere I'd also need to have like weather on my side because in my head I'm like okay yeah London's great all these opportunities all my friends, you know, so much going on, my management. But like, what about the sun? Where's she? Because although it's a little bit warmer in the summer, the winter is still bleak. Anyway, I think the point of this podcast is to kind of ease the pressure a little bit for anyone listening that kind of feels that same pressure to move to London in your 20s. It's not for everyone. It doesn't have to be for you if it is for you fantastic delighted for you but don't let the pressure get to you and make you think that you can only be happy or you can only be successful if you move there like yes your environment can massively affect you and your mood and your mental health but it doesn't also magically get rid of your other problems you're not just gonna magically be this new person just because you moved in fact if anything it will bring a lot more to the surface because you've got to really put in the work in terms of you know putting yourself out there and like meeting new people and moving on your own and all that like it does come with a lot of other things so try not to have this like romanticized idea of what it would look like to move I don't know on one part I wish I did have it in me to make London work for me and ultimately maybe I could if I really wanted to yeah I know I know I could make it work if I wanted to the thing is with me right now I actually don't want to I'm content where I am and that's a good place to be I reckon anyway I hope you enjoyed this episode of me letting you in on my brain and all my thoughts when it comes to this topic 
<laughs> if you enjoyed it, don't forget to give me a little five-star review on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Leave me a little comment as well. You can swipe up on Spotify and it'll say, what did you think of this episode? Leave a little comment there. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it on your Instagram stories. I love seeing where you're listening to the podcast. Also, loads of you guys have been including the podcast on your TikToks recently, which is so cute. Like, you know, in the little photo carousel posts you can do on TikTok, loads of people have been including the podcast there and I absolutely love to see it. So thank you so much. But yeah, as always, thank you all for your continued love and support. It means the absolute world to me. I love you guys and I'll speak to you in next week's episode. Bye.